I'm T. Lopez. I'm a wife and mom with 20 years under my belt working in entertainment media as a recording artist, singer-songwriter, TV and radio host, producer and writer, with a few of those years specifically dedicated to interviewing moms on a show I co-founded called Mom Life Yo. It's interesting what you learn about your own motherhood journey when you listen in to so many others. I've been taking what I'm learning and cutting it up into bite-sized pieces that I like to call Mama Morsels. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm T. Lopez, and this morsel is called The Other One. I'm the firstborn in my family, first of five sisters. I grew up too fast, probably had too much responsibility placed on me, and when it wasn't placed on me from someone else, I placed it on myself. That's what the oldest does. When I was younger, there were times I loved being able to have conversations or grocery trips with my parents that my little sisters couldn't have yet because it wasn't their time yet. Haha. <laughs> but when I had to babysit everyone or help with everyone's homework or when I'd get in trouble for something one of my siblings did because I'm older and I should have known better, I hated it. And not just hated it, I can only really appreciate now as an adult how much it affected me and the way I make my decisions even now in my life, the way I control things around me, when I take charge and lead and when I'm over it, everything. Me being the oldest in my family seeps into the way I do everything. And this is not a complaint about the way I grew up. There was so much good. There was bad. There was all of it. I just know that a lot of who I am now lies in the order I was born And to better understand this, I needed to explore why. The best part of having a radio show where I interviewed people was that at times I could use it for my own selfish reasons. So for an episode of the show Mom Life Yo, I reached out to the brilliant family therapist and mom, Dr. Anne Louise Lockhart. I told her I wanted to do an episode on birth order and how the order in which you were born affects everything you do. Now, What I didn't tell her in the interview prep was the current issue that I needed clarity on. I have two kids, and at the time of the interview, my little one, Irie, was about one and a half. And although as moms, we can see their personalities virtually from birth, Irie was starting to reach the point where her personality was really solidified, not just to me and my mother's intuition, but to herself and to the world. And I was scared. Now, so you understand the bigger picture of this, let me explain what happened when my first daughter, Ellie, came into this world. When my oldest, Ellie, was born, of course, I had a lot to learn about motherhood. But the bond? I didn't even have to try for it. Not just because she was my daughter, but because I knew her. I knew her from the minute she was born. When she started talking, I knew everything she was going to say before she said it. I knew what she worried about. I understood her fears because they were the same ones I had when I was little. I was able to speak into her and we could always get to this understanding because the minute I would show her that I knew exactly what she was feeling by explaining it from the inside out, having gone through it myself before, she felt seen. She felt heard. She felt understood. I get her and she gets me. It's not perfect, but we know us. Cut to Irie. When Irie was born, I loved her. She was so different. 
than we thought she'd be in every way, even in the way she looked. (laughs) And she was so cute. Now, there are things you see early on as a mom that you don't want to say out loud. From when she was two weeks old, what I didn't want to say, but what I knew was, oh, this one's not going to sleep. This one is stubborn. This one does what she wants. It sounds funny now, but during those days, as a sleep-deprived mom who had one child already, who behaved for the most part, who I understood for the most part because I put in the years of work and it worked, the presentation of a new cute little bundle who came to wreck shop, who I could look at and know no matter how much time I put in, she was going to do it her way anyway and not even consider my way. It was terrifying. I felt defeated before I even started. I felt myself well up with fear, which I disguised as strength to overpower, to get her to submit to me as an authoritative figure in her life for the betterment of our future. Because how can I, the firstborn and the mom, not have control in my own house? Nope. I saw us in situations later in life exploding, not understanding each other. (laughs) Now, only a mom can understand me looking at a one-year-old and seeing all of that. But it had already started. I had already started treating her as the future her that I saw in my mind. I have two daughters, Ellie and Irie. But what I felt on the inside and could not say out loud was that I felt like I had Ellie and the other one. That was hard to say out loud. Back to the interview. While live on air interviewing Dr. Lockhart, we realized something that we all had in common in the room. I was the firstborn, my husband was the firstborn, and my co-host Bregan was the firstborn. And we were all asking Dr. Lockhart, what's up with these crazy number twos? What's up with these crazy little siblings? We don't understand them. We don't know what to do with them. What do we do? Dr. Lockhart simply said, figure out what you're bringing from your own childhood into your relationship with your child. Part of me was like, duh. The other part of me thought, there's no way it could be that simple. Then all these images flashed in my mind at once. Of all my sisters, the one I fought with the most, and I'm talking neighbors called the cops on us type fights, fighting in the street, was the second born, Selena. I hated her growing up. I mean, I loved her, but I hated her. Sissy, I know you're listening. Calm down. We're friends now and I love you. But growing up, she was a loud mouth. She did not care what you thought. She was going to do it her way. And she even treated adults this way. You can imagine for me as the firstborn who technically had rule over the house, second in command under parents, how that must have been. I felt like it challenged my authority. I felt like it challenged my identity daily and it exhausted me and I resented it. And my parents stepped in at times and sometimes they didn't, you know, parenting, none of us know what we're doing. This whole time with Irie, I was fighting all of that. But on the surface, I was making my fight with my daughter. I would find myself protecting Ellie, my oldest, from being bothered by her little sister, Irie, because Ellie was me and I was protecting myself. 
I was parenting Irie like she was my annoying little sister. Again, sorry, sissy, I love you. I was parenting Irie like she was my annoying little sister, and she's not my little sister. She's my daughter, and she's new here, and she needs my help and guidance, not my resentment and anger. For the next six months after that interview, as Dr. Lockhart's words rang in my heart over and over, I got to work, understanding that the problem was not Irie. The problem was inside of me, and my perspective needed shifting. So instead of worrying and complaining about her stubbornness, I started to praise her strength. Instead of projecting into the future, her being such a difficult person who's going to go against every grain, I started to feel security in knowing that she was going to be confident enough to stand strong in herself and to not take no for an answer, no matter what everyone else around her was conforming to. These are all qualities that my sister has always had. I realized that when I started celebrating Irie's strength and boldness instead of fighting against it, she didn't feel the need to defend herself or rebel against me. Thus, there were less tantrums. And then the craziest thing happened. When she didn't have to stand up against me anymore, she started showing us what else was in there in her little brain and heart. Or maybe I could just see it more clearly. She showed us that in her core, she is a love bomb. She wants to kiss your face. She wants to laugh uncontrollably. She wants to have a mini celebration anytime something good happens to someone else. If her sister gets a toy, she's thanking me with the same enthusiasm as if I got it for her. She says, thank you, mommy. Thank you for getting that for Ellie. It makes her so happy. Ellie, I'm so happy for you. She walks into a room and she is an explosion of joy and everyone feels it. This might sound like such a small thing, but people who follow me on social media, even friends and colleagues that I've known for years now will say to me, T, you know, I love you. I support you, blah, 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 whatever. I follow you only to see Irie. I want to see her face. I want to know what she got into today. She makes me laugh and she brightens my day. It's not a coincidence that as her mom, when I changed the way I saw her, it changed the way she saw herself, which changed the way the world now sees her and responds to her. Are there days it's still a lot? <laughs> yes. And I'm anticipating it being a lot still in the future, but I have to appreciate the specialness of it. I mean, if I ever got thrown in jail because I was falsely accused, of course, <laughs> my Ellie would drop a court case and get the president involved if she had to. But if that didn't work, my Irie would be waiting on the side of the jail with explosives and blow that wall down to get to me. That's how her love works. My kids are both leaders, but they lead in very different ways. And they won't always agree, but I believe that they will work together and I won't always agree with how they do things. I'd probably walk out of that jail saying that was the dumbest, most dangerous thing. Don't you ever do that again. And Irie would say, whatever, mom, you out of jail or not? Moving on. I've gone from trying so hard to get her on my side to feeling so proud and lucky <laughs> to be on her side. Maybe this morsel is so specific to me and my life and my kids, but... 
What I've learned from countless interviews is that the more specific someone gets in telling me their story, the more it resonates with me and the more I see myself in it. I don't know if you're me in this scenario and you have one of these crazy babies, or if you're Irie and I'm putting into words what your mom could never say when I explained to you how scared I was and how scared I still am because I don't always feel qualified enough to be entrusted with such a beautifully strong human when I myself don't always feel like one and I make mistakes in trying to rise to the occasion. I've had to forgive myself and realize moving forward that it's never too late to pivot. And I pray that Irie will forgive me for future times when I mishandle her big presence. All I can say is that the consciousness of it and the baby steps I've taken as her mom have radically changed our relationship. And although I did implement some changes, it didn't even take much to change everything. And that makes me hopeful for the future of us. I'm T. Lopez, and I hope today's morsel was easily digestible for you, Mama. Feel free to share this with someone and send me your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Follow me at Official T. Lopez or at Mama Morsels, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more. Until next time.